It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sports Grid Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Davis Maddock. I am joined today not by Andrew Barron, but from our friend John Daigle. You know him. You love him. Our, the king of bet spurts, uh, Andrew fell victim to i mean everyone's got the flu right now i mean go around check the nfl injury report the, you think these dudes are susceptible you think dk metcalf can't get rsv you know i mean dude everybody's sick everybody's hurt we got we got a million totals uh this week with like 19 point spreads that this is where we're living john just listen to my voice i mean even i'm a little under the weather uh the past 48 hours i've been struggling a tad and i don't even know what to chalk it up to anymore is it COVID? is it the cold is it the weather is it week 14 and being burnt out i don't even know anymore but nonetheless we are here and then i take a look at these players on this slate and wow what a slate uh a 17 and a half point total between the cowboys like have we ever seen a 4k defense get 50 percent rostered because we're getting there um have you ever not been scared of the most expensive running backs on a slate like Derrick Henry 2.6 yards per carry over the last month Christian McCaffrey with Brock Purdy on a 37 point total uh, uh who else Saquon Barkley is averaging 3.6 yards per touch in his last five games like I I'm not scared of anyone at the top so that it just tells you that everyone can be able to afford this Cowboys defense against Davis Mills without Brandon Cooks and Nico Collins like what are we doing here man it's going to be one of those slates where you're like, wow, this is really low scoring. Wow. One sixties winning the spy one, one ninety five is winning the Millie maker right now. And you're going to be like, yeah, I mean, I guess probably at the end of the day, it'll just whatever happens in Minnesota, Detroit is going to, is going to determine everything. That's the, that's our total over 50. It's 52 right now. Uh, I mean, at quarterback, we have Jared Goff, who's priced at 5,600. He's our highest projected owned quarterback. Uh, Kirk Cousins right behind him at sixty one hundred. Uh, if if you if you really like Adam Thielen, I mean, just a huge Adam Thielen chalk week priced at forty nine hundred with an eighteen percent target share in this Vikings offense. DJ Shark very chalky this week. I mean, I I've already I've already planted my flag where it needs to be planted. I I'm just gonna play Jalen Hurts and Devonta Smith on all if not most of my teams and just live with whatever the results of that are aj brown also 17 and a half yards per catch and the sixth most yards per route run against man coverage this year and as we know the giants are a top two team in man coverage because they send the highest rate of blitzes by a wide margin week martindale 
knows to play defense one way and one way only. And it's certainly not going to stop against Jalen Hurts, who's also averaging uh, six and a half yards per attempt, seven touchdowns, just one interception against the Blitz as well. So I agree, even A.J. Brown or Devonta Smith as a standalone option, totally fine on this slate. It's interesting because, <clears throat> as you mentioned, 52-point total for this Lions-Vikings game. The next closest is Bengals-Browns at 47. So not only is it just a, a massive difference, but also then how can you have any amount of confidence? And I understand, especially on this slate and in this day and age of DFS, people are going to get there. Like People are naturally going to stack Deshaun Watson, stack Joe Burrow. It's the second highest total again, and maybe it makes sense, and maybe it's just recency bias playing into more than anything here with Deshaun Watson being extremely rusty in that first game. But I don't know how I can have any amount of confidence in that game either. So I'm on board with either onslaughting this game and going overweight. And when I say overweight, I mean six players from this game, which is very possible on this slate. So, I mean, can... Swift is the best points per dollar running back anyway, right? And yeah. so it's like Goff, Swift, St. Brown, toss in a little bit of Brock Wright. Use your, you know, Justin Jefferson, TJ Hawkinson. I mean, who cares? DJ Shark. DJ Shark's an DJ awesome Shark. play. He, he led the team in routes run last week. It was his highest target share since before he got injured. And he's average. And the Vikings are one of only two defenses allowing over 10 yards per target and 100 yards per game to receivers from the boundary, where Shark is like leading the team in routes run. So, yeah, I think DJ Shark is more than viable. And honestly, Jared Goff and Amonor St. Brown stacks last week. Uh, one took down tournaments on DraftKings because that build plus Zonovan Knight and Samaj P. Ryan allowed you to then spin up for the wide receivers to break the slate. Yep. And I'm trying to think differently. I don't like to run back the same uh, big picture idea for the next slate, but honestly, it, it looks that way again, given that we have AJ Brown, Justin Jefferson, and Monroe St. Brown, DK Metcalf here in amazing spots, maybe just paying down for these players again. And that includes not only GJ Shark, but the Lions have been slaughtered by opposing slot receivers um, in the last month of the season. Wandell had 13 targets before he got injured. Isaiah McKenzie helped win the slate on Thanksgiving. We had sure uh, last, last week Christian Kirk over 100 yards. And, like, you know who leads the team in raw slot routes since T.J. Hawkinson was traded for? It is none other than 3,500 K.J. Osborne. And we are on a slate where why the hell not? Because people are going to play 3,500 Elijah Moore. People are going to get to 4K – uh, you know, 4,300 GJ Shark. So again, it's, it's just a, why the hell not slate? It, I mean, that, that's uh, I think you, I think you really hit the nail on the head. It literally is just a, you know, totally like, I would say probably the best advice I could give on this slate is whatever angle you like, as long as it's not super chalky, just, just take it right. I think the only thing I wouldn't do on this slate is just play, like, you know, the, the cashy uh, style build. Like I wouldn't do uh Kirk cousins, Deandre Swift, Justin Jefferson, Amon Ross St. Brown without so even, even though that combo, those five players will be, I mean, maybe 3% of rosters or whatever, but I would still toss in. I mean, you know, just like a, a, a Quez Watkins, uh, mm -hmm. just like a, whatever, like a Kendall Hinton, like whatever one-off guy, you like because I my guess would be if Minnesota Detroit goes over the total, you are gonna be there are gonna be so many similar combos at the top, but the winner is gonna be the guy. I mean, I remember this from the uh the Seattle Detroit game. It was like so everyone had, you know, all, all that was the, the uh, awesome so awesome millimaker weekend, right? 
Yeah, but the I remember the winner of the spy played. I I want I it was some 4K wide receiver. I want to say it was Garrett Wilson. It, mm-hmm. This I might be mixing up my weeks, but they played a four percent owned wide receiver and a two percent owned defense, and that was their that was their two v two that shipped. So I would just say in general, that's the way I would be thinking. But also you have the same advantage of knowing like, okay, well, my opponents are going to be playing a lot of Minnesota Detroit. My opponents are going to be playing a lot of Bengals and my opponents are going to be playing a lot of Cowboys. So any lineup I have that plays those three spots in a different way, I can play whoever I want. Right. I mean, you could, you could play McCaffrey. You could play, it just doesn't matter the degree of chalk if you're not building in that vein. And maybe the Lions Vikings game does fail, but, Last week, that game went over its total combined for 54 points with the Jaguars in a game Jacksonville didn't push back whatsoever. So, like, like how could I not have confidence now in Mr. 11.2 targets per game, Justin Jefferson, since they traded for Hawkinson? Also, in that time, his yards per route run against man coverage has only increased uh, 3.3 yards per route run because now he's getting deep targets and make and TG Hawkinson make it easier actually for Justin Jefferson to get wide open all over the field. So lots of different ways to play, but certainly the focal point is this game. Uh, anyone can get there. You can convince me Dalvin cook as a pivot off of Justin Jefferson as well, somehow getting there as the, the unique run back to Jared Goff's deck. So that's kind of where I'm starting. Everyone's in play here. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you for sure. All right. So at quarterback, this is how we, we just did this whole cast earlier, and this is how I just kind of broke down my thoughts on exposure. One, going to be Hurts. Two, Mahomes. And then if I get there, because I normally play about five teams, depending. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I just get bored on Sunday morning and end up playing more. And then if I start making more teams after that, it'd probably be Allen. I just, to be honest, I would rather find ways to use Lions and Vikings players with those quarterbacks as opposed to playing Goff and Kirk. I mean, I guess if the if the ownership discount on Kirk is really good, if he's like 8% and Goff is like 19%, then I would be interested. But my guess is in single entry, like non-lottery type stuff, they're both just going to be like 15%. And maybe people get to Josh Allen and Mike White thinking they push one another. Right. I'm also somewhat worried about the pace of that game. Uh, we've seen the Jets beat the Bills once already this year, and that was with Zach Wilson. And even more so, uh, the the Vikings last week, not only was Mike White bad last week, very bad. He just threw 57 times, and so the volume made him look better in the box score. But the Vikings actually ran more man covers than they typically send t- tend to play. They usually sprinkle just a lot more cover three than anything. Um, and man coverage has been Mike White's bugaboo so far. Like It's only been 66 attempts, but right now against pass rushers of four, four men or less, because as we know, the Bills have only have sent the sixth lowest blitz rate all year. They usually depend on their front four, including Von Miller, who I know is out this game, to get pressure. Mike White and man coverage, 40th completion rate, 31st in yards per attempt. Like it's been bad. Garrett Wilson will still get there, no doubt. And DraftKings continues to drag their feet on his side. I know, 5,900 for him. It's just like, it's like they did the same thing. I mean, I guess good on them for finally raising St. Brown to 7,800. But mm-hmm. like, for like, come on, guys. It's it's like they don't decrease prices enough when guys are bad for the most yeah. part. So we have like these weeks where we're playing two tight ends. But but with Garrett Wilson specifically, they've just been dragging their feet and they, they just make him sixty six hundred. Like treat him the same way you treat Chris Olave, dude. 
uh, it was Garrett Wilson and Monroe St. Brown. They just refused to actually take serious for the longest time. FanDuel, Monroe St. Brown is next to Justin Jefferson now. It's like, okay, yeah, that's, where, that's where yeah, he should that's be where ranked. He, that's where he deserves to be. I don't even think like 7,800 is cheap enough for, or for, it's too expensive for Monroe St. Brown. Like what, what else do you want the dude to do? He's averaged 10 targets, 32 and a half percent of the team's targets since Hawkinson was traded the last five games. So yeah, I think people may get to this Bills Jets game. I do fear it's going to be significantly slower though. And so, like the James Cook Galaxy brains, the the Jets stacks with Mike White. I'm not personally on it at all. It, it just again comes down to what else I want to play around Vikings Lions. I did the pick six show. Um, you know, we both we both get those better collective direct deposits. And uh, Reeves and I. Net retrieval, of course, who is on this show every Friday. And I listen every Friday, by the way. Uh, we, we never tend to disagree like out loud with one another. We'll be kind to one another. But there are times where like we take we put our foot in the dirt and we draw a line in the sand and say, my research has gotten me here. Yours has not. And that's OK. No big deal. We respect each other. Um, he laughed when I pitched Ryan Tannehill. And why the hell not? That's OK. Uh, I do and it probably takes Traylon Burks. More importantly, it takes Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence DMP on Thursday. If we get CJ Beathard in that game, I'm not worried about it whatsoever. Like we can ignore Ryan Tannehill for cheap. But Jags defense allowing 290 passing yards, 27 and a half points per game since week six have just been trucked. And more importantly, they've allowed a top nine finish to opposing quarterbacks, including Jared Goff's QB4 performance last week and six of their last seven games. Uh since Ryan Tannehill returned from injury the last month, the Titans are also quietly top 10 in pass rate over expected. So they're putting more juice into the air despite getting shut down against the Eagles. But that's also a, a blip on the radar considering Tennessee hadn't allowed more than 20 points in any game since week three. And then the Eagles put up 21 in the first half. So it, take, it takes a lot of ifs and thens. But like if we get Burks, if we get Trevor Lawrence, I do think. Ryan Tannehill with Chickaconquo with Burks is totally fine, honestly, especially because Zay Jones, Christian Kirk, like these players were cash game options literally last week. And so right. if we get Lawrence, why aren't we just going back to him in a week where no one is playing them seven days later after they were 30% rostered? So that's kind of one I'm looking at. But again, it looks like the injury report is going to cancel that one out. So I think the reason why this is good, not saying I can get there, but the reason why I think this is good is Henry is going to be the guy that the algorithm that the ownership algorithms miss on. He's going to be, he's going to project all week for like 8% ownership. And then the cards are going to flip over. It's going to be like sky Moore from last week. He's going to go from, you know, he's projected 6% flip the cards over 18%. You know, it's just like people just jammed this dude in. So Tannehill's a little bit of leverage on that. He's got, especially if Burks doesn't play his stacks are so cheap. You could do, Nick Westbrook-Akine, who does actually have a 30-fantasy point game this year. Tannehill. He's, been, he's been a top-five receiver the last month in one game. And honestly, for DFS, all you need is that one All he needs is one game. Whereas, whereas Robert Woods has a 22% target share with Burks off the field this year, Useless. but he hasn't been a top-24 receiver in any game this year. So it's like, I can't chase him because he has no ceiling. Like, he, he can't win you a tournament. Yeah, he's he's absolutely useless. And then so you play Chig and then you play Kirk or Zay or whoever. And then you the have a thing, super unique roster construction. The good thing about Chig, too, is that I thought he was going to be quite chalky at twenty seven hundred. But it seems like everyone wants to play Greg Dulcich, even though I mean, Dulcich failed us for a full month on the same usage. So, again, who cares? Uh, and then it looks like if everyone's going to pay up, they're just going to eat into the Mark Andrews splits with Tyler Huntley and ignore the fact the Ravens have this 17-point team total. What a disaster. So, yeah, I think Chig actually might sneak in here. 
Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely, I'm definitely with you there. All right. So general running back stuff, DeAndre Swift. I mean, that's just what he, he finally, he's finally DeAndre Swift. And instead of his usual 6,800 on DraftKings, he's 5,800. We'll see what happens with Seattle. Uh, we'll see if Travis Homer plays. We'll see if Kenneth Walker plays. We'll see if DJ Dallas plays. We'll see if none of them play. And Tony Jones Jr. and Darwin Thompson and Nick Ballore are the only guys left standing there. And uh, Dalvin Cook. And then this is how bad it is, though, man. This is how truly, truly sad it is. If you sort by points per dollar in any sort of optimizing whatever, you're not going to scroll too far before you get to Latavius Murray as like a 100-point underdog against Kansas City. Now, I have no interest in playing Latavius Murray. I would rather play, I mean, honestly, anyone. Rashad White. Jerick McK- I just don't care. Just literally anyone but Latavius Murray, but it's it's bad. And Murray's 21 touches last week are <clears throat> bulls gold since Marlon Mack was involved on the first drive and Mike Boone started the second half, actually. Only ended up with seven touches, but you would imagine his role grows. Also, like, the Chiefs are scoring more than double points per game than this Broncos offense, historically bad, under 14 points per game. Like it's a it's a complete mess what's going on with Hackett, Russell Wilson. I blame everyone involved. And so it's just not a situation where I'm really interested in. Like maybe you talked about Mahomes in your pool. I'm also a little bit on Mahomes because we don't need to play as receivers. You can just go Mahomes and Kelsey, and it's naturally contrarian. I don't think people will get to Mahomes this week thinking the blowout game script. But we've also seen the uh, Chiefs beat the 49ers earlier this year by 26 points. Mahomes was the QB3 on the entire week. Um, we saw them beat the, I think it was the Raiders by three scores, and Mahomes scored 22 points. Maybe it was the Rams. I don't even remember anymore. It's The season runs together. But we've seen three-score blowouts already, and Mahomes is still like a QB1. So I'm totally fine getting on board trying to soak up the passing touchdowns since they only go to one person in that offense, Travis Kelsey, and that lets us ignore Greg Dulce's chalk and the Mark Andrews spend-up, which everyone will get to. Other than that, though, I think my lone galaxy brain, since, again, I talked about McCraffy, talked about Henry, talked about Saquon Barkley, Maybe they end us, but I'm generally not scared of any of them, given their, their performance over the last month, given game scripts for this week. I don't, I just don't care. Um, so uh, I kind of think playing both Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard with the Cowboys defense is the gal brain of the week. I uh, So I tried to get to Elliott as a gold star play. I tried. Yeah. He has, this is insane. He has multiple two touchdown games this season. And no games with greater than 19 fantasy points. That that is a hard. I mean, he. I think he has to score three times, probably. You know what you're getting. I understand, but also the context of the slate might uh, might it, might get there. What what is he? 5800 yes. and and uh, 61 on DraftKings, I believe. 67 for Tony Pollard. And again, everyone's going to play Cowboys defense. Um, some people will sprinkle in Pollard, Zeke individually. But playing both of them, who have already been uh, top 12 running backs in the same game together twice already this year, like it's possible. They can get there in this slate. So I, I think that's what I'm kind of on to diversify off of or with Cowboys defense right now. Yeah, but maybe, I mean, as we talked about, the, the theme of last week's slate was paying down for the running backs and not worrying about it, even though Samaj P. Ryan 
had handled 87% of backfield touches two weeks ago. So like he was a locked in every touch guy. The only reason you would not have played him was to fade a 30, 40% running back since we got that news beforehand. But maybe it is again, paying down at running back for Travis Homer and Zonovan Knight who can easily get you there at 5,100 on DraftKings. Like don't even worry about the, the actual micro analysis of it, just lock in the receptions and the targets for 5,100 and then spend up a wide receiver. Maybe that's the point of the, the slate. So I, I, I've also realized that there's a world where Walker gets ruled out tomorrow and mm-hmm. then Dallas Homer and Jones are all questionable on Sunday. And yeah. that the potential mega edge, cause there's actually, this is, this is actually true. If you go look it up, DJ Dallas has a two rushing touchdown game in his uh, in his oeuvre in this exact same spot, although it was Chris Carson, the starting running the, back back then. He was the overall RB1 in a game uh, in a week last year. This is this is the week I'm talking about. Okay, where, yeah. So Carson, no, this was actually two years ago because it was Carson who was Maybe out Maybe it was two years ago year. then, yeah, but he does have so, an overall RB1 game in the last two years under his belt. Carson was Q, Homer was Q, and whoever their other run, they used to have, it could be McKissick, could be someone else. They used to have another running back who was also out. And they were all Q, and Dallas ended up being the only one that played. And I remember because I played him, they did a $400 spy this week. And I remember because I left the spot open for him. And he, I mean, he went nuts. Well, it didn't really go nuts. He just was the only running back who got a touch, which is yeah. a lot of fantasy points. And I, I, I mean, obviously the vast amount of outcomes are that not happening. But if you were to funnel all the Seahawks running back points in this game to one guy, that guy would be the number one player of the slate. And none of these guys are going to be more than, let's say, like 7% owned because of the dynamics of late swap. So I'm going to be leaving about $5,000 in flex open in a lot of teams, I think. One, I think that other guy you're talking about may have been Alex Collins, if I'm remembering correctly. You um, are, Alex, Alex as Collins always, are, I think that was their fourth guy they used to annoyingly use all the time. Um, and then two, I agree. That's the same strategy I had for Zamir White last week. I was like, oh, well, if Jacobs is a late scratch. And then we got like a round after kickoff that Jacobs was most likely to play. So it's like, okay, I, I can late swap now to expensive running backs. That's the way I played it last week, even with Jalen Hurts. I, I mean, you know, I got, I got three to five X, but I didn't win anything because – with Jalen Hurts, like as good as great as he was in his premium double stacks, it didn't matter because the overall theme was to get to Devontae Adams instead of AJ Brown, basically, and Hurts. So, uh, yeah, I could see myself doing that. My only concern is that, again, that's why you were leaving 5K on the table because we don't know the answer here. Um, DJ Dallas, they said he suffered a high ankle sprain as well, which is why he's not practicing. The only reason he went back in that game, because they had no other bodies to play running back. I guess they don't even have an emergency player. And then when Tony Jones got cleared from his shoulder stinger, they brought him back in. And then Jones and Dallas split touches the rest of the way. So, yeah, I would just argue that they claimed Jones on waivers a couple weeks ago, and he's the most familiar with the playbook since if Homer and Dallas are ruled out along with Walker, you're looking at calling up one of Godwin Igabuke, uh Darwin Thompson, or Wayne Gallman. We're we're in that we're in that part of the year right now, Davis. I mean, I just I'm really hoping that it doesn't get to the point that I have to add Darwin Thompson's player ID to the Seahawks active roster. And well, we all still have him on our dynasty rosters. We did we never dropped them, so it's okay. Never, never. I mean, no, never, uh, never admit, never admit uh, a failure there. I mean, I, uh, I, 
a couple of my other just uh, throwing things against the wall takes. I'll probably play a bit of Rashad White if it looks like he's going to be sub 5%. Definitely uh, a little bit interested. I can't even believe I'm saying this, but in Najee Harris. Um, okay. The Steelers have just, they just are so bad that they've, they've now actually reverted back to what we thought they were going to be, which is just using Najee a lot and not playing the other guys. I mean, Najee last week, 66%. 17 rushes only targeted once but what's interesting is i thought this was weird jalen warren came back from this hamstring injury and benny snell up until that point had only played three offensive snaps before his game two weeks ago where he did well and he played more snaps last week than jalen warren which is just uh, but benny snell is not going to play any third downs right benny snell is terrible on third downs he can't do that so i wonder if Najee actually gets those four dump offs back a game that he used to get. That was the only reason he was a first round pick to begin with. So this is my galaxy brain, uh, Najee Harris versus the Baltimore Ravens take. I had someone mention to me on Twitter as well, asking about that situation. And um, I told them that Najee Harris, like you said, didn't have a single touch until he had to, whenever Najee Harris and Jalen Warren were both injured. Then and only then did they give Benny Snell his first touch of the season. And so, like, why would I think he gets back involved? And then, of course, because the Steelers, they do get him involved, as you said, and they leave Jalen Warren out there for a handful of touches and, more importantly, the third-down role, the backup third-down role behind Najee Harris. So maybe, again, I I, I just don't know yet. I, I genuinely think I'd rather pay down for running back this week. Maybe I get to Christian McCaffrey for that those 10 targets, 100% of the running back targets this past game. Also, just the construct of that offense now, it has become, given Garoppolo's injury, a CMC focal offense. Like, this is a 25-30 touchback now every single week. They have no other option, but to, especially as a playoff team. So, maybe I get there and chase the ceiling against the Bucks. Other than that, though, I think I'm going to be more importantly prioritizing spending down this week, whether I agree with my own microanalysis of the spin down player or not. Fair enough. All right. Wide receiver. I mean, Brandon Cooks is out. Nico Collins not probably going to play. I mean, look, Chris Moore, Philip Dorsett, Tyron Johnson, just fire it up. You know, whichever one of those guys goes five for 50, you know, easy game. Slate over. We solved it. And we've actually seen this exact situation before. Davis Mills under center, both Nico Collins and Brandon Cooks out week nine. And it was Chris Moore and Philip Dorsett who shared the team high in targets, 22.7% target share. Uh, Moore in that game got there with a touchdown, but Philip Dorsett being the deep ball player still led the team in receiving yards, just 69 receiving yards in that game. So we've been here for, but honestly, if it's a week where everyone's gravitating towards like the lone cheap wide receiver and an ugly slate, I I'm much more prone to then just go up a little more to, as we talked about, Nick Westbrook-Akeen, Isaiah Hodgins, I think, is live and Eagles runbacks. Uh, Elijah Moore. Um, yeah, I, I'd much rather just go to a different cheap wide receiver altogether, honestly. Kendall Hinton, baby. That's my guy. They they what they have like a fascination with him. I mean, yeah. he's getting he's getting like touches in the run game. Cortland Sutton's out. I touted Brandon Johnson earlier. I mean, he did have a touchdown two weeks ago, and he's gonna be the like for like. For Sutton, I mean the the Broncos are just so pathetic and so sad that only one of Jerry Judy, Greg Dulcich, Brandon Johnson, and Kendall Hinton is going to get above ten fantasy points. Like no one else will do it, but one of them 
will have a good game. And they're all direct leverage on Dulcich, who is going to be like stone, stone chalk. I'll take the chase the ceiling of Jerry Judy, though, over Greg Dulcich chalk any day. Uh, I don't know what Judy's going to come in at just yet, but I think he's like the little Pacheco run back to to be involved here because it's still going to be lower roster than Dulcich. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm good with that. And then on the high end, uh, if you're if you're someone who likes leverage, I mean, CD looks pretty good. T and Chase look pretty good. You know, I mean, we got we got lots of dudes because Jefferson and Anamon Ross St. Brown are just going to be so so popular. And the Panthers are allowing the fifth highest completion rate on throws 10 plus yards downfield. Um, also getting spiked for top five in yards per target to opposing boundary receivers. And here's DK Metcalf getting 27% of the team's targets the past month. So yeah, I, I think DK Metcalf is actually great leverage off of the Seahawks running back spot as well. I mean, we could uh we could play some Geno Smith double sacks with a little DJ Moore, Terrace Marshall bring back, Dante Foreman didn't practice with both a foot and a rib injury. Maybe, maybe we get you up. I think he said he was okay though. What do you have for DJ Moore ownership right now? Because on one hand, I I don't respect what he did at all. Like, you know, he was still a 31 and percent target share, but it was still 19 attempts against a hapless Broncos defense. Even Patrick Sertan has been below average his last three games. And DJ Moore spiked him on the boundary for that 50 yard catch here. Um, and plus, like, we still don't trust the Panthers' offense with Sam Darnold. So I'm back and forth on DJ Moore, but again, he's 5,500 on DraftKings. They didn't move the needle at all over the bye week. So, sure, he's in play, too. I've got him for 8%. Okay. Seems seems a little bit seems a bit low, to be honest to me, if if yeah. this Metcalf stuff gets some smoke. I And I, do you think Metcalf will get steamed? I don't think so. I mean, I, I don't, I don't really have, I don't really have a sense of what, of what people want to do here other than Detroit, Minnesota, because <laughs> that's really, that's really it. I mean, I think, I think probably I feel pretty, com- I guess I feel pretty confident in uh, Pollard getting mega steamed, like steamed beyond to a degree to which we believe uh, and, and Henry too. But uh, I, I, you, I tossed, I tossed this out earlier on the Swolecast. They didn't like it thinking being basically uh he's the he's the the better short area route runner like he's just going to be seven yards away from Brock Purdy which is why Jimmy Garoppolo liked throwing to him and why I think I mean no one no one uh no one on fantasy Twitter is brave enough to point out that Debo Samuel's not been very good uh for for fantasy this year I wonder I wonder what his ADP is going to be next year but Ayuk and and Ayuk is direct salary leverage on Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson is 5,900 and is going to be the big chalk. And Brandon Ayuk is 5,800 and is going to be like sub 3% probably. Yeah, we'll see what I do. I, I faded Garrett Wilson under 5K. I thought I, I even claimed on, on one of the shows I do that he was a bad tournament play. Uh, turned out you needed him for the slate that first week. And then last week I got back on and he did end up getting there. Um, could have had a even better game as well due to the volume. So 5,900, I, I think I still suck it up and play him. But if you're already looking at playing him, him and a Monroe St. Brown, like you're already looking at, you're all what you got to 70% already just between two players roster ship. So I don't know. I have, to, I have to think about it more, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm with that. I mean, anyone else you, you got, you got other darts you want to throw. I mean, Demarcus Robinson, 21% target share. That's 
don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's again, I, I don't mind. If everyone's going to pay down for the Texans receivers, I literally think like the one other cheap receiver you may be forced to play, whoever you get to is totally fine. Uh, again, I like KJ Osborne. I think you can sneak him in there. I've already mentioned Nick Whisper Keen. If Traylon Burks is ruled out, I think I do think Hodgins is fine. Uh, we'll see Kenny Galladay's final practice report as well because that's allowed Hodgins to finish second on the team in routes run and back to back games. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I just would not. I would not fear one the Texans' leading wide receiver, and more importantly, like I'm just not scared of any cheap option if we're forced to get there because that one player allows you to spend up for two of the big dogs at wide receiver. So that's what I'm really trying to encapsulate with my lineups is, is getting the two guys between Justin Jefferson and Monroe St. Brown, Jamar Chase, AJ Brown, DK Metcalf, even like I want to get those two guys right, and so that's what I'm focusing on. That feels that feels right, Michael. Michael Gallup. I'm just I'm just tossing out guys here who as as leverage, and then uh, tight ends. I mean, look if I can interest you in some uh, right now. So our our stuff kind of skews towards the the lottos, mm-hmm. and we have Dulcich for seventeen percent. I mean, just double that. You just just put that at a good yeah. old fashioned thirty percent in in the contest that a lot of us are playing. So I I'm on I'm on Bellinger as the as the salary leverage came back from having his eye out of its socket to play 98% of the snaps for the Giants and uh, can, can play him as the, the bring back in Hurts, Devonta Smith stuff. I can't believe he's 3,300. Like I looked at his salary on Monday. I expected to see 2,600, like maybe a little bump up for minimum. They never get these players right. And yet they got Bellinger right somehow. Or yeah, putting him at 3,300, not even giving us a discount, honestly, on him. Whereas like, you know, you get Chig, who is only 2,700. And honestly, since Hooper ran more routes than Chig, maybe even Hooper's the better play, genuinely. And no one's going to play him because everyone only chases rookies in every aspect of fantasy. So, yeah, I don't I don't know. Uh, I think Tyler Conklin also, you can sneak him in. He con- continues getting targets from Mike White these past two games, but isn't getting there in the box score. Uh, that's about it for me. It's just a, it's such a wasteland out there. It's so bad. I mean, you had you had one of my my favorite tweets in the history of of fantasy football Twitter when you were like, dude, who cares? Just pick a guy. Like, it's, I mean, it's week it's week fourteen. You don't need to be micro analyzing Mike Gesicki's routes. Like, just just pick whoever you want to get six points. I do these waiver chats on the four four Discord every Tuesday at six p.m. Eastern, and uh, I definitely answer all the questions. And I'm very grateful for everyone to show up. But I think even the chat has gotten used to it now because like they present to you start sit or who to pick up which is basically a sneaky way of trying to get me to answer a start sit who do you pick up between these six guys at the same position and it's like gerald everett foster moreau greg dulcich uh you know the list goes on and on and every week i just say it doesn't matter it genuinely does not matter that's the thesis of playing Taysom hill and redraft every single week because Taysom hill can win your week the other guys can literally zero it doesn't matter at all because at least Taysom hill can zero but at least he can also become like outscore Travis Kelsey even in some instances. So, dude, tight end three on, it just doesn't matter. And I hope we all remember that next year when we try to tout the late round tight end again because even T.J. Hawkinson, right? Like, I understand, like, the 20% target share since he joined the Vikings. You're not scared of him. He doesn't beat you at all. Like, who cares about T.J. Hawkinson? I I like T.J. Hawkinson. I, I like him in this slate, and I always liked him as a player anyways, but you're right. I mean, by the way, 
Greg Dulcich next year, I mean, he's just going to be the biggest rug pull candidate. He's going to go where where Dalton Schultz and TJ Hawkinson went this year, you know, at FFPC, like back end uh, around four, round five. Gigantic rug pull. The 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 ruggiest rug pull. Uh, and what I meant, by the way, like I agree with you, Hawkinson, amazing athletic profile. But since he joined the Vikings, 5.6 yards per target. Like it's it's basically just Zach Ertz, honestly. Um, and then he falls down because he soaks up the intermediate level of targets. So I think, I think TJ Hawkinson in this slate, totally fine. But if he becomes like, and you know, this is what we do now, this time of year, already talking about drafting players next year for best ball and whatnot. Uh, that's just a player that's easy to fade given the landscape of the position that like TJ Hawkins in the middle round just doesn't matter at all. Yeah. Uh, defenses. I mean, Cowboys, uh, if you play anyone, but the Cowboys, you're contrarian. Yeah, I got I got the Cowboys right now projected for eleven points. No one else over eight point six four. It's pretty That's, pretty big gap. Pretty big gap. I don't blame you. Um, I, I think the Steelers are live, uh, especially because it's it's an edge off of Tyler Huntley. I don't know how much Tyler Huntley will be even rostered. It's people, no one people and- people are not going to play him, which is kind of interesting because. In old like 2016 DFS, he would have been a jam, right? Run it, running quarterback. Yeah. I guess he's not like min salary though. I came into the I came into the week thinking that he was going to be high rostered because everyone remembers that. I think he was the overall QB one on the week against the Packers. I mean, that was my biggest win last year was that Packers game when I had Tyler Huntley and Mark Andrews stacked up. Um, but everyone remembers that. But outside of that game, like he didn't finish inside the top 14 quarterbacks at all. That, that's why he averaged only. 15.9 points per game. Like that's a good number. It's an average number, but also like he only went over that number one time. Otherwise he was just mediocre. Honestly, you you only played him because he averaged nine carries in his last six games over 80% of snaps. And so I was hoping people would get there, but like you said, 17 point team total uh, Lamar Jackson and the Ravens have struggled like with the better quarterback all year. So why would a backup come in and suddenly make this offense better in the red zone? That doesn't make sense. Um, now still, I, 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 for, I, for, I forgot to throw this one out to you. Are you buying the the Tyler Huntley Mark Andrews shower narrative? Because because Andrews had what was it? So I know he had the the highest scoring fantasy point tight end game of all time, but I with with Huntley, but I couldn't remember if it was Josh Johnson or Huntley that he had the other big game with. But but basically, just like those guys throw to Mark Andrews even more than Lamar does. I had to whenever I was doing the waiver column, had to go back and. Luckily, I, I write about all these things in my team previews at four for four because I know like all these situations pop up again. So to have the on-off splits and whatnot helps me out a lot to just like not even have to research a situation because I've already done it. I just need to find it. And so I did dig in on Monday to my Ravens team preview and Mark Andrews last year, uh, 28% target share, 22.8 points per game and Tyler Huntley's five games over 80% of snaps. At the same time though, it's a different situation. It's a different offense. And when Tyler Huntley came off the bench last week, it's as you mentioned, it was Demarcus Robinson who led the team in targets. So honestly, like that's why Demarcus Robinson also may be good leverage here, just a, a leverage off of Mark Andrews, since it is an entirely new season and a different offense altogether. Um, I, I don't, I, of course you're buying it for redraft because it doesn't matter. Like you're starting Mark Andrews, but for DFS, depending what Mark Andrews gets up to, I can easily see myself fading him easily. Yeah, yeah, I'm uh, I'm definitely with that. All right, man, there we go. I mean, I don't really, I, th- I think that was a pretty good look at uh, what you got to do. I mean, obviously, like a huge chunk of what we're doing now 
especially on DraftKings where the salaries are so tight. And and also like on FanDuel, you can't really get away with playing dudes who have like six points in their range of yeah. outcomes. But on DraftKings, you can. I mean, like you can win with six points from someone on DraftKings. So like a huge chunk of what we have to do, we're, we're not going to know until Sunday. I go into every week fearless. Like last week, even I was like, I'm not scared of Chiefs Bengals. Bring on Joe Burrow. Bring on Patrick Mahomes. I don't care because I, I think the game script's going to be significantly different than everyone else. And Samaj Piron was the only player from that slate to, to win in tournaments. It didn't matter at all. Uh, and so like this week, the the not fearing, I guess, would be the, the onslaught or the overstacking of Lions Vikings. The issue is though, like where the hell else do I go? And it's only it's you know Thursday, maybe Friday when people are listening to this. I'm not sure just yet where the hell else I go, but that's what I'm still trying to figure out right now. All right. Well, tell the people where they can go to figure out where your your mind ends up, bud. Fourforfour.com. I do a DFS preview on Friday afternoons after all the injury reports are done. We have the most up-to-date information with TG Hernandez, 6:30 p.m. Eastern, 44.com YouTube channel. Also, not Jay Daigle on Twitter. There we go. Not Jay Daigle on Twitter. Bet Spurts, four for four. Get after it, guys. And uh, I'll be back with Reebs tomorrow. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.